Welcome to today's study with Pastor Rick. Reaching thousands around the world by radio and online, Pastor Rick provides answers to the challenges of everyday living. Hi, this is Pastor Rick, and today I want to continue my study about families. I'm answering the question, what happened to our families? In today's study, I want to focus on strategy. I believe a lot of families had no plan or strategy for their family. They just kind of exist. You go to work, you get up, you do what you do every day, but there's no real plan. I want to show you how to look at Luke chapter 14, verse 25 through 35, and learn how to make a plan, how to count the cost for your family. Enjoy today's study. I was raised by a single parent. The family consisted of Laura Temple and Ricky Temple. Two people living in Los Angeles most of my life, growing up, um, riding the bus. I like to talk about that because I'm a proud bus person. When I get on a bus, I always feel special. I tell a story about a guy I saw right down the street. He was, he was running to catch the bus. And how many of you have run to catch the bus and the bus driver left you? Raise your hand. Wait, wait, wait. How many victims do we have? Raise your hand again. One more. How many victims? Okay, yeah. You know he saw you, right? No, 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 no. Now, there are bus drivers here saying, no, I didn't, Pastor Rick. I did not see them. Okay. But I was, I was um, he had a suit on. He had a, he had a, he had a briefcase. And he was, he was running, and he missed it. And he did a dance. <laughs> he, he, he did the frustrated dance, right? So I just saw him, and my heart went out. Didn't know him. Never saw the brother. Ro- ro- drove up and said, hey, zzz. Hey, man, you want to ride? Oh, Pastor Rick. I ain't never met you, man, but thank you. Yes, I would. He jumped in the car, took him down to the, to the mall where the exchange was and so he could catch the bus and go on. And it was just a moment where I just, my, my life flashed before me. Do you remember what your life used to be? Do you remember, um, you know, the, the moments um, that you live, I, that you used to live? I, sometimes I, somebody said, oh, they're bad, but... Put the bad ones on the side for a minute. Let's find a few good ones to think about. The family goes right, it's right. When family is good, it's good. I'm telling you, it can, it can be the, the place that nurtures and builds life in a wonderful way. What's it like to be in a family where you never feel loved? What's it like to be in a family where things aren't right? What's it like to be in a family where, where you, you never feel accepted? What's it like to, to be in a family where you're embarrassed because of your prison record or because of your financial situation? What's it like to not have enough food in the refrigerator? What's it like? What's it like to feel abused and to be not heard and to, to feel isolated and hopeless? What's it like to be in the house with a person who's high all the time or drunk all the time or drugged up all the time? What's it like to, to be embarrassed when people ask you simple questions? You know, where do you live? And what do you do? What do you drive? And, and what do you make? And what do you do for a living? And did you finish school? What school did you go to? The simple question, what is it like to to be ashamed of all of those answers. But what is it like to be free? What is it like not to have any bondage? What is it like to feel good about yourself? What is it like to look in the mirror and say, yeah. What is it like to feel, you saw that move, right? You didn't say anything. Yeah. yeah. You know, everybody used to love the Fonz. You remember the movie, the, what, was, what show was that? It was um, Happy Days. And he used to go to the mirror and go, ah. Oh. No, he had a comb, right? He had a little comb, right? And he, and he goes, oh, no, nothing. Everything's fine. <laughs> it was just, it was, that move was so cool, you know? Like, why would I touch perfection? And you're kidding. This is like the, like the bomb. And it's some, some of you are too young to know, but it used to be a, a scene where he came in in the very beginning of the show, and he had a comb, and he went to the mirror, and like, oh, the fonts, oh, there's nothing to fix. Everything's fine, you know? <laughs> it was so amazing. What's it like? 
To feel your life is amazing. What's it like to feel that way? What's it like to just go, man, this is good stuff. I like my car. I like my wife. I like my life. I like myself. I like my children. They like me. And I have no bill I have to pay. Oh, thank you. I got paid today and I get to keep the money. Oh, my check, for real. <laughs> Some of you said, it ain't my check. I can tell you who it belonged to. <laughs> 50 people in line. What happened? What happened to my family? And you can spend so much time, if you're not careful, thinking about what happened that you don't think about what can happen. <laughs> I had this great thought. Let me, let me digress again, just a moment. I thought about what is right in your life this morning. You know, I have these, sometimes before church, I have these need to think moments, you know. And, I, and so I was, I was in my thinking zone, and this great question came to my mind. Won't you write up a list of what's right? What problems don't you have? You ready? You're not in jail today. You're not, not in intensive care, right? You do have clothes on. Check your neighbor, right? Mm -hmm. right? <laughs> you ate, right? You're going to eat today. I mean, you, you had a place to sleep last night. I mean, this. Come up with a list of all that's right, not all that's wrong. What's right in your life? Sometimes we spend too much time on the what's wrong list and not the what's right list. And my goal is to show you how to improve that what's right list. And it starts with your family. So look with me, if you would, please, at a list of what I call family needs. If you want to protect your future. <clears throat> You want your family to have that in your sermon notes. Look at me. I gave you five things. And um, the cool thing about sermon notes, if you've never used them, is it just kind of helps you follow me along. And it's the exact notes I have. And if you're watching from home, you can download them. It's really cool right there on your screen. The first thing I want you to notice is families need a relationship. So with me, please come on. Families need a relationship strategy. In order for you to have certain levels of success and victory in your life, you have to have a strategy. It's not going to happen by accident. And families need a relationship strategy. You're not going to have a good marriage, a, a, a good friendship, or anything if you don't try. I have a relationship strategy for my church, believe it or not. I, I, am, I am always conscious of how I interact with you. You notice I mingle, I shake hands, I do all I can to try to engage as much as I can, even though it's only one of me. Uh, I understand the power of relationship, the power of being friendly, the power of smiling, the power of, of trying to connect with people the best you can. Repeat with me, please. Say relationships, relationships are, intentional. are intentional. So you need a family relationship strategy. How am I going to relate to my family? How am I, what can I do to make my son feel connected or my daughter feel connected? Secondly, a family needs an economic and health strategy. You need to have a strategy that targets your finances, where you pool together. One of the smartest things Don and I are doing these days is really pooling together. I used to like to be the kind of guy who did it on his own, you know. Oh, Don, I got it worked out, baby. Don't worry about it. I got it. I got it. I got it. And so I was always doing it, and I would just do things. And I, I didn't have to carry that kind of burden by myself. But I was trying to prove something. That I was not a lazy man, that I was a good man, but I was a burden man. And if things ever got tight, you know, let's say we took a vacation and maybe spent a little bit too much money. Uh, and I just like to wow them. You know, when I take them to a place, I don't want to tell them what it costs. 
when they walk in the room, they go, whoa, woo, woo. Now, see, it was fun, and we had a lot of woos and a lot of wonderful moments. But when I brought Diane into the planning process, Diane said, I ain't paying all that for that room. <laughs> I, ain't paying all that, I ain't paying all that tempo, tempo. No, no. I love the mouse, but the mouse can't have that much of my money. And she, and she started finding these incredible deals. You know this make me mad? She get the same room for half the price. That ain't right. <laughs> she, said, she said, just let me in the process. You know, we book a lot of plane tickets. We fly a lot, right? So, I, you know, and I, get, I, I was booking tickets, man. I was getting tired. Like, shoot, trying to get from here to there and trying to connect and all that stuff. I said, let's get whatever it costs. It's fine. It's fine. That's said, I'll wait <clears throat> two days, three days. She go back in and find deals. That girl saved me so much money, I should have been put on the payroll. Praise God. That girl was amazing. And, and what, what happened was I found myself, because we came up with an, a strategy together, say together, <clears throat> people, it's something about together, where two, three of you are gathered together, excuse me, touching and agreeing. There am I in the midst. He doesn't show up until you join with people. You say, you don't have to have three people, but you got to have two, two or three. It's something about people joining together and uniting around a common cause. God shows up in a unique way. It happens in a church. A church can decide. I, I was, um, forgive me for saying this, and you're going to hear me say it a lot between now and May. <clears throat> I read an article that really set me on fire. A church made a no-debt commitment. We're not going into debt, not for a building. They, 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 and, they, and they took, they, did, they made a plaque and bolted it into the lobby of the church. They said, a new pastor will have to uproot this, put it in concrete. And you know what they did? They built their building debt-free. There was something that happened in them. When you, when you decide as a, as a group, we're going to touch and agree God says, if you bad enough, you got enough faith to band together, I'll, sh I'll show up. I am there. How many want God to, to show up? Come on. Well, you got to join with somebody. You got to stop being a soloist. Well, what if I'm single? Get you a friend. You cannot do it alone. Come on, say, I cannot do this alone. Come on. That's the first thing. I taught you that in our, first, in our series, the beginning of the series, what happened to me. If you remember a few months ago, I said, what happened to you? You tried to carry the load by yourself. Pastor Foreman came and preached that message for me. You can't carry the load alone. You won't get off drugs alone. You won't save money alone. You will never do it alone. You need a friend to partner with you. Family needs a relationship strategy, economic strategy, ready, and a conflict strategy. You're going to fight. You have to fight. Because we're different. You have to have a conflict strategy. Here's how we fight. Here are the words we don't use. What is your conflict strategy? Old people have a wonderful one. When certain things happen, they go, no, whatever, no, whatever. <laughs> That's the strategy. Let it go, let it go, let it go, let it go. I don't care about that. Let's go, girl. Forget about that. Let's go. Let it go. You know, some of you fight about everything, especially when you're young. You fight about everything. You got to win. Stop trying to win. 
Say a conflict strategy. Come on. So you need a relationship strategy, an economic strategy, and that's important. I, I had economic and health. If you take, you know, I, I got to take care of myself because financially can be a, a great thing. I need to have a conflict strategy and a death strategy. I, I'm going to die one day. What's my death strategy? What do you mean death? What I said, I'm not going to be here. One, one day I'm not going to be here. We just had a pastor die a few weeks ago, a couple weeks ago, a good guy. What's the strategy What's the plan? And we sat down and we talked. We, we do this quite a bit. We talk about the strategy when I'm gone. You know, I want you to cry. I want you to feel bad. I do. I want you, I want you to feel all that. <laughs> yeah, I don't want you happy. I want you to be cry. cry. I want you to fall out. One of you, at least, fall out. <laughs> the designated fall-outer person. You just, oh, Pastor Rick, say my name, too. Pastor Rick, say my name. I'm not being funny. I'm being honest. I think you, you have to have an honest discussion about that. You know, you have to have uh, life insurance. You have to have a plan for yourself. Who's going to bury you? You know, think about that. You know, what, $10 a month? Get, get something. Plan for yourself. Plan, you know, will, they, will they view you as a blessing at death or a burden? What is, well, please think about that. These are things that you can strategize in your life, plan for your life, plan for your family. They can change everything. And then lastly, have a spiritual plan a spiritual life management plan. Make sure you look at your spiritual life and say, I need to make sure that I'm clear about what I should be doing spiritually, what, what my focus should be. Jesus gave us four things that kind of helped put all this into context. Luke 14, 25, Jesus said every family should plan to do four specific things. And if you do these four things, I think it will help you put those kind of plans together. You're not going to be able to put a relationship plan together or an economic plan or a conflict plan or a death plan or a spiritual plan without first doing these four things. You ready? Number one, you've got to establish your priorities. Say it with me, please. Say, plan to have priorities. Okay, who is first in your life? What is first in your life? What are your priorities? Are? What, are your first? What, are you, what are the first things you should do? Here's what Jesus said, Luke 14, 25. <clears throat> now, great multitudes went with him. And he turned and said to them, verse 26, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his whole life, he cannot be my disciple. Now, please understand, this is one of those hyperbolic statements. It's exaggeration to make a point. You ever said, I feel like I'm going to die or my tongue's going to fall out? That's what this is. He's not saying don't like your parents. He's simply, because I'm a parent, I don't want that. He's simply saying, Put me first. If you want to follow me, I've got to be a priority. Nothing's going to work if you don't establish what goes first. We can't make a plan if we don't know what goes first. And once you make a plan, then you have to identify your responsibilities. Look at verse 27. Whoever does not bear his what? Cross. And come after me cannot be my, <coughs> excuse me, cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his cross, your cross, your responsibility, your cross, your children, your bills, your health issues, your cross, not mine, yours. Be clear about what's yours. Be clear about what you need to take care of. When I moved into my first home, I never... <clears throat> I never had grass. 
I, I, I never, I never, you say, what you mean, never? I never owned grass. I lived in L.A. We owned concrete. We didn't have, we had a front, we had some grass on the front yard, but it wasn't my grass, it was the old landlord grass. So if it died, I didn't care. But he took care of it. And we lived in a, an apartment, so, I mean, we didn't have grass. So I mean, to show you how, you don't, even especially when you live in a city where they don't have seasons. Diane was talking to me one day. We moved in the house, and Diane says, well, you don't have to worry about watering the grass because it's going to go dormant. I said, what do you mean? She looked at me, and she smiled. She says, you don't know what I mean, do you? I said, no. She says, during the winter seasons, it's going to stop growing and turn brown. I said, because? <laughs> it's going to be colder. And she went to this little explanation, and I'm thinking, okay, <clears throat> I should have known that. But I didn't. So it's, it's <laughs> excuse me, it's really amazing when you, and I'm really fine, folks, that's just the anointing when you hear that. Um, <laughs> when you understand, um, you know, that's my grass. I've got to take care of it now. So my neighbors, when I moved my new house, first first house I had, um, I didn't know how, when to cut it. So whenever I'd get up and I hear the lawnmowers in the neighborhood, I'd get up and start cutting my grass. <laughs> That's true, I did. I did for a while. <laughs> and then I tried the, you know, the hose thing because I thought that would work, and I quickly learned this is not going well. This is a very long process. And then, so then I went and got the sprinklers, you know, you not that I was the man. My responsibility, my grass. What's your responsibility? What are you trying to put off on God as if it was his responsibility? And he says, no, no, I gave you those children. <clears throat> no, I gave you that body. Third thing you need. Not just clear priorities and a clear sense of responsibility, you need to have an analysis thing going. You need to analyze your life. You need to look at your life and, and come to conclusions. This is what he says in verse 28. Which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and do what? Count the cost to see whether you have enough to finish it. At least after you've laid the foundation and you're not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock you saying, man, this guy could not finish what he started. Imagine... <clears throat> What it would be like if you took time to analyze where you are and see if this is sustainable, these long hours, this long work week, this run of depression. Where will I go if I keep getting high like this, drinking like this, living like this, living on the financial edge all the time? Where will I be? If I keep running off my friends and fussing at my family, and what's going to be the end result of these choices? I need to establish some priorities. I need to be clear about my responsibilities to myself. I just find myself saying, man, Temple, come on, man. Come on. Analyze your life. Sit down and count. 
<clears throat> sit down and count. Is this going to work? Just think for a second. Pause. Pull on the side of the road. What's happened to your family? You've not established the right priorities. You're not sitting down counting the cost. You're not facing your responsibilities. And the last thing, you're not facing the boundaries you need. <clears throat> I love this next part of the verse. Verse 31, what king going to war? Make war against another king and does not sit down first. I love this constant statement. First, 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 first. Before I marry you, first. Before I decide to marry you, before, before. First, before, it's not the second thing I do. It's, I do this first. It's a priority that I do this first. That I sit here and ask you that question first. Before I'm burnt out, before I'm tired, before I'm angry, before I'm mad, before I lose. All I work for. See whether you can finish. See that whether, you is, whether, whether I'm able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against me with 20,000. Or should I go make peace? Send a delegation. Ask conditions of peace. You know, you, you, you got to have boundaries. He says every family has to have boundaries. Some battles you can't win. Let's not fight that battle. Let's, let's draw a, a, a peace agreement. If, if, you're, if your goal is to make your man a perfect man by your standard, you're not going to win that. It's not a battle you're going to win. You're not going to make him into your image. You're not going to make, I can't make Diane into my image. We had this great conversation one day. She made this, you know, little point. I thought it was a pretty good one. She said, well, you want to just tell me what to say and write it down. I'll just say it. I said, ooh, that was good. <laughs> Smart lady. Well, I'm not trying to tell you to say it. No, yeah, yeah, yes, you are. You want me to say it like you say it. You want me to see it the way you see it. We got to decide what you can't win. Decide if this is, and you can look at the past and it'll tell you. <clears throat> not working. What happened to your family? What's happening to your family? It's not working. Need a better strategy. We close with this. <clears throat> Some tips. When you start to do this, remember something that a guy named Dr. Kevin Lehman said that I thought was great. When you start making plans for your family, you start playing together. First of all, don't expect it to happen all at once. You know, sometimes you, you say, okay, we're going to neaten up, you know, we're going get, to get our, get our house right. It's going to take a minute to get it all neat. It's going to take a minute to organize. Number two, he said, make sure it's all for one and one for all. It's not just about you. It's about us. We're, we're all in this together. Make sure it's all for one and one for all. Number three. Don't fall back. Ah, oh, man, don't fall back. Don't go backwards. You start, keep going. Number four, make the hard choices. 
Can't be a part of that. Can't be on that committee. <clears throat> can't say no. Can't say yes to that. Monday is Diane's day. I am so sorry. I'm unavailable all day. Every now and then I can fudge, but by and large, it's her day. <clears throat> sorry, I've got to go work out. Sorry, I don't eat that that often. <laughs> I may eat it, but not that often. Make the hard choices. Lastly, keep adjusting the boundaries. Change. Evolve. Grow. That's how you fix it. Did you learn something today? I hope you did. Well, I pray you got the message. I pray you heard the power of strategy and how Luke 14 says it's important for you to count the cost. Next week, we turn the page and we talk about the importance of family and our sexuality. It's really amazing how sexually distracted families have really gotten off track and out of control. You want to join me next week as we turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And I'll show you some keys that will help you lift your family to a new place. See you next week. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's message from Pastor Ricky Temple. Watch more encouraging messages from Pastor Rick at www.rickytemple.tv. If you'd like a copy of this message, click on the bookstore tab at rickytemple.com where you can watch Pastor Rick live and get information about our ministry. Join us next time for another uplifting message.